0: Hello, welcome to Moving Iron Podcast number 46. On this episode, I have Jennifer Rasher, Marketing Manager at Dawson Tire and Will. On this episode, I'm going to talk to Jennifer about how they're using social media at Dawson Tire and how they're driving customers to their website. Jennifer, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Casey. It's a pleasure.
0: That's well, my pleasure for you to be here. So I'm on uh, social media as much as I can have time for and and I see that you guys are, doing a lot of different stuff on social media, whether it be Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or whatever it might be. But tell me a little bit about how your team uses social media and and what is your ultimate goal and and to drive customers to, to Dawson Tire and Will?
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question because um, you have a lot of companies that either have a digital footprint in social media or they don't. Uh, Social media is pretty much the biggest platform that you can have out there right now. And when I say platform, there's many different platforms that you can have in regards to the digital industry. You can have your website and your social media platforms. So it's just a tiny little tip of the iceberg for it. Um, But we're on Facebook quite a bit. That's where you get a lot of your interaction. We have our Twitter. We have our Instagram many different accounts for many different things. Um, We pretty much post on our Facebook so that people can get an inside look as to what's going on at Dawson, whether it be our team building contest out in the back, tire rolling contest, uh, just some interesting stuff of where we're at, who we're meeting with, what we're doing in the industry Um, and funny stuff too. I mean, we like to post funny stuff and see how people react to some of the crazy pictures of our customers that they send to us of our custom applications that we've done for their tractors and their machinery which seems to be pretty cool so one thing that i what about I've, you guys?
0: well one thing that we do a lot we, we post a lot of stuff on on facebook and we're trying to branch that out and trying to really bring our customers into like you say make them feel like they're part of the family almost you know we're trying to draw them in and make them feel like we know we're doing more than just you know selling tractors or, or whatever it is that we're doing you know we're trying to Bring them in and make them feel good about um, all the different, you know, community things that we're involved in. Whether it's a, a Veterans Day parade where we've got a line of tractors in there, or uh, you know, uh, upcoming events that we're doing and stuff. So all those things really do help us. I feel like connect more with, with what we have going on in in the in the community. Um, one thing that I, I trying to understand. What social media to use with demographics? So, you know, Facebook obviously is, is the biggest social media platform out there, but you have Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, Tumblr, you have Snapchat, you have all these different ones. So, when you're out trying to target a certain group, or well, age group, for example, how do you? look at those social media platforms and and say like this is like snapchat for example is who i'm going to go out and target that that 18 to to 24 year old kid out there that's looking for uh you know that might be coming up onto the farm maybe a future decision maker stuff like that i mean how are you using those social media platforms to really lay out what demographics you're going to go after
1: yeah absolutely and there really is a difference Um, you have to know your customer and your customer type for what social platform is actually going to work for you. Because I can tell you that although we are a business and we are a professional business, we don't necessarily post a whole lot on LinkedIn. We do. There's a lot of connections and networking out there, but that would be more for your ag dealer or your irrigation dealer people. Um, But, out of all of the platforms and social media avenues that you can take, Facebook is king. Facebook has so much information about their users, it's almost ridiculous. Um, I was reading a study about Facebook and how they know the demographic of their users even more so than our government censuses do. Our, if you're posting in Facebook and you're putting ads on Facebook, you can actually target to a minute group of people because you can choose so streamlined of how you want it to pop up in front of people. And it's absolutely crazy the return you can get back on it. Um, There's definitely different avenues for interaction as well. You're going to get a lot more of your friendly interaction on Facebook, a lot more of the picture posting, commenting, liking, sharing, and tagging. Twitter is a quick, easy way to connect with people, a real snippet of a conversation, uh, just basically just back and forth chats. And then Instagram is actually going to be your younger generations. I find so many farmers And younger farmers who like to take pictures and video of themselves on the farm and harvesting and planting and kind of what they're doing day to day. And you'd be surprised. There are surprisingly 30,000, 40,000 followers on some of those accounts, which is crazy if you think about it and the age of some of these farmers and how they're actually talking to these people. It's actually really cool to watch it grow.
0: So from those social platforms, how are you taking those the, the social media interaction that you're having and how are you driving that into your website and then ultimately into sales?
1: Well, that's exactly what it is. They're platforms for an actual hub. So the way that social media works is it's a real, it's a timeline. So you're posting things constantly and you're going to get lost in the shuffle. But because... You have a brand, and it's all linked together. You can backlink to your actual website, and your initial Internet presence should be, first and foremost, your website. You should have a strong strategy for traffic coming into your website. You want everybody to end up there no matter what, whether it be from your Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Google searching, anything it all should eventually land back at your Facebook or not your Facebook, but your website so that people can learn even more about you. And that's where all of your call to actions are. So if you want them to come to your website and you want them to learn about the products you're selling or your company as a whole, or what it is about you that is so amazing, that's where they're going to find it.
0: Okay. So on your, on your Facebook pages, Twitter pages, Instagram pages. I have noticed there's you always have a a unique picture, for example. So like the other day there was a there was a Kubota tractor and a, and a John Deere tractor, a small 25 horsepower tractor, 30 horsepower tractor that had rear duels and front duels, and you know the loader and everything. And it was it's not something that you're gonna see every day. And obviously it's something that a customer of yours asked ask to have happen. So When you post stuff like that out there, what do you see a spike in your in your social media coverage and maybe people liking it or whatever it is, and the traffic that comes back to your website from stuff like that?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. In today's day and age, you're almost never going to get anybody to read your stuff unless it has a picture attached to it. Um, Pictures, through and through, speak a thousand words. If you post something interesting enough to have it catch somebody's eye, they're going to read what's attached to it. Um, That is a very, very large thing that you should be doing and almost always should be doing. Um, And it does spike interaction. People will like it more. People will share it. Um, That one that you're talking about, the little John Deere one with duels on the front and the back, that one was shared Hundreds of times and liked by thousands of people just because it got shared and tagged in so many different people's Facebook statuses, um, and it, it's pretty cool to watch how it happens and what people interact to. Uh, people definitely like a lot more of our custom jobs like that than they like anything else. They they definitely like to see the machinery.
0: So tracking analytics. So that is that is. Ultimately, what you're trying to figure out is when you post something, what's going to get the people to come in, What people are going to see, Um, you know, use Google Analytics, you use the analytics that you can find in Twitter, there's analytics that you can find with, with, with your Facebook pages and stuff like that. So how are you tracking your analytics? And then what would you define as a success when you look at those, those analytics on your from from your various social media platforms?
1: Well, it's going to vary from person to person, but personally here at Dawson, um, yeah, we do analytics and it's something that we've been doing for a little bit over a year now. So I have a few months under my belt of solid data and where people are coming from and what they're searching. And it's actually really interesting. Um, So like I said earlier, the main digital footprint you should have is your website. And when you can track the traffic that's coming from either Facebook, Instagram, a secondhand site, an ad, anywhere, a Google search, a search because they're trying to find your phone number or your address or any type of address in regards to, in my case, an ag tire company, It's really cool to see how many people are actually searching for that and where they're going on your page, because it tracks all of that. As soon as they land on your page, it tells you where it's coming from, where they're going, how long they're on a page for, what they're looking at, the click through, whether or not they're going to, in my case, our e-commerce store, looking at items, purchasing items. It's almost like a step-by-step tracker of what your customers are doing on your page and you can follow their thought process and almost selfishly capitalize off of that because you learn what people are interested in. You learn what they want to see and it it's solid evidence because you can see it in front of your eyes. Yep. Not only that, but it then gives you guidance of how you can market to these people, what these people really actually want instead of Cold calling or face to face and having the nice conversations and not really understanding what they need.
0: Yeah, well, I, you know, I, that's a that's a great point you bring up about being able to, to track those those things through uh, analytics, what have you. It also gives you, you most websites will tell you where that where that IP address is coming from. <clears throat> so if you see a you know a, a certain area, and it take something's coming out of New Mexico or whatever, you see a a, a big blip of thing is coming from New Mexico, you can start building a campaign for potential customers you might have in New Mexico and what and what you might see out there and how that's gonna drive those those business that 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 business through your website and what have you. So when you're setting up campaigns and doing promos and those kind of things, how do you use those analytics to do that?
1: The way that Dawson does it is we follow our and marketing plan. So obviously like any business, we have our annual sales plan and marketing plan. And then we start looking into how we're trying to reach our customers through that. And for example, with us, we have actually scaled back into like our home territories where we have a location in Nebraska and we have a location in Michigan. Now we have more locations than that, but that's where the majority of our people are, the majority of our brick and mortar people work in those two areas. And we plan our AdWords into those states and then the surrounding states of what those territories are, where we're going to get the most for our money. I mean, we can definitely put AdWords out there nationwide, but we need to kind of tone it down a little bit so that we can get a better click through rate and keywords rate right, for what we're trying to reach and you then can basically figure out how to get better quality leads because you're, you're understanding what people want to see. So once you kind of figure out your rhythm of who's searching you and where, the leads that are coming through your site are your buyers. They're the people who are actually interested in your product or you or your company and it's not just people looking at you and scrolling past you like they would on Facebook.
0: All right, so when you're building that same campaign that you just talked about, and you're talking about you know, you got your people out there and you figured out where those group of folks are, um, obviously you wanna branch out as far as you can. Search engine um, ad rankings. When you pull down the first group of, of, when you first come through and do that search, the first five or six or three or four or whatever it might be, those are usually like a paid for deal. How important is it to actually pay for those versus just having the organic ranking that you see below those?
1: I actually have changed my tune about how I feel about this recently because I used to be an organic girl. I really wanted to push for organic ranking, people coming to your site organically and by the natural listings of it and their natural searching algorithm. But the problem with it is now that so many people have jumped into the game of AdWords that it overtakes everything. Those first few spots that you see when you first do a Google search, those are paid for. You have your number one spot, your number two spot, your number three spot, your number four, and depending on how large of that market is, there might be more. And then you normally have your businesses and where they're located, if it's like the near me search, and then you have your organics after that, which you can actually rank on all of those technically. You could have your AdWords and you could rank in the one or two spot. You could be showing up on the near me and you could be ranking organically. So you're literally plastered all over that page. But it's an extremely important to understand the positives of paying for ads because in today's world the majority of the buyers out there don't know that they're clicking on ads there are ones where they say like ad next to it and you can start to tell what it is but between every single person out there you usually just click on the first one you see the first one that catches your interest that's what you're looking for i do it too there's times where I try not to click on ad because I know that it's an ad and I know that it's geared towards what I'm trying to do. And then I try and look at the organic searches. But more times than not, I actually end up clicking on an ad just because it's what I'm looking for. Um, it actually really, really helps a lot to get your page in front of people's face fast because that's what this whole world is about now is technology fast at your fingertips, able to find it. And they're going to click on the first thing that catches their eye and it's going to be your name in that top spot.
0: So how would you go about tracking your ROI doing searches like that? I
1: love tracking my ROI with AdWords and website hits and lead forms because it shows me how much we're actually making off of my efforts. Um, when you do AdWords, you usually have an account and you can track your leads and your conversion rate and people filling out lead forms on your website if you have that available. And it's a direct correlation of the money that you're putting out there to people who are writing into you for a specific product, which is that jumps the lead status, that goes straight to prospects, straight to more than lukewarm. I mean, they're literally asking you for a quote. Um, and it it's really great to be able to see that, you know, last year I had 235 of them and I'm starting to go back and track to see whatever happened. And I can tell you that we sold hundreds of thousands of dollars to people off of the website, and that's it, period. That's a direct correlation of the money I put into ads, them coming to my website and requesting information from my marketing efforts in the digital world, and then we sold to them.
0: So that's uh, that, that's the, as far from a business perspective, being able to check your ROI is so important and, and knowing that what you're doing is actually making the efforts that you're putting forth are worth the, uh, the fruits that you lay out there. So, so when you measure ROI, do you have a set time frame in your head of how long that'll be, or do you have just as long as it takes? I mean, how, how do you, how do you decide when the start and end date is going to be to tracking your ROI and, and understanding those ad words?
1: Well, you can almost always see an initial jump and spike in activity, whether it be likes, follows, comments quotes requested, uh, website hits, that's all a form of ROI, if you will. But when you actually start seeing the, the quotes turn into sales orders and then into invoices and actual revenue from it, it's a time frame. I mean, probably months. We launched our website right before Christmas, and so it was actually the 18th. The 18th of December, we launched our website, and this week was the first week we got a sales order in our e-commerce store, so that's a solid month, which is fine, but we've been having hits and clicks and request quotes pretty much from the time that we launched our website, but it took a month for somebody to actually go through the process of purchasing from the site, which was a direct ROI increase. Um, But it, it always changes. It's going to take time. It's going to take time for your followers to get on board. It's going to take time for you to see what is working. Google Analytics will almost never give you how your campaign is performing before two weeks to a month. It, it's just one of those things that you have to have faith and trial and error of, well, this is working. Let me tweak this a little bit and see what happens. But you can tell pretty soon off once you actually have some of that data, the tweaks that you're making, you can see if they're working. But you just got to give it that initial time frame to see if it works.
0: So how defined are you with those AdWords? So for example like are you ag tires or is it agricultural equipment tires I mean how 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 defined are you with the words that you're laying out there so that you obviously want to be as broad as you can but as narrow as you possible to get the customer that you want to come to your website
1: Yep I, we have all of them I we have hundreds of positive and negative keywords um we have exactly what you just said we have ag tires john deere even like name brands that not aren't necessarily ours but that we associate with because those are our customers okay um they can be as extensive as you want them to be or they can be as bland as you want them to be you probably want to start narrowing it down so that when you have people who are searching for those terms those are the people that you want to find your your ads and click on them. That's how you're going to find that buyer because that's exactly what they're looking for.
0: So I'm an ag equipment dealer and I am in a specific region and I want to connect with the the, the customers in that region. You know, that's going to be my focus, for example. So I want to sell a new track to somebody within a 200-mile radius or or whatever it is that your area responsibility is. Give me an example of some adwords that would that would drive that customer that I'm looking for locally to be that. Would it be like something like um, John Deere eighty four hundred R, Scottsbluff, Nebraska? I mean, is that what you would do? Something like that to to drive that to drive that customer to to your website?
1: Um. Yeah, it, in a roundabout way. Uh, you're going to pay more for the name John Deere just because it's a very large brand and a very large market share. Right. Um, usually you would start in the realm of tractors for sale mm. or depending if it's new or used, you want to think about that market too. Um, if you work for primarily like moving used equipment, then you're going to look into... Used phrases, used tractor, used combine, used whatever it is. And then, if you want to get specific with the sizes that you offer, or say you have a piece of equipment sitting on your lot that's been there for a little while and you really want to move it, so you run a special campaign for that tractor, you can get specific. Um, you want to start throwing in names of cities that are around you. So you need to know your location and the cities that are around you so that you can make it specific to where you are. I would actually work on my SEO. SEO is completely different than AdWords, but it all links together. Your AdWords are what you're paying for, but your SEO is your search engine optimization. So that means when people are searching for you, Yes, your ads will pop up, but when I said, you can show up for the location or the organics, it's because your search engine optimization is working with that search as well. So if someone searches, use John Deere tractor for sale near me. If you have strong content in your website about your used inventory, your John Deere tractors that you sell or the brand that you support or you're a John Deere dealer yourself, you have content on your website that is being scrolled by the many little bots and algorithms of Google that's going to pull your website and make it rank for that type of information so that person can find you.
0: So you start going to companies like Amazon and eBay and all these different places like that, there are... Several places where you can go, like for example, Amazon. You can create your own Amazon store, right? And you can go post whatever you want to on there, and 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 do that whole thing. So, how would you go about using like an Amazon store or an eBay storefront or whatever they call it um, to drive customers to you know to another another e-commerce site for you?
1: I absolutely would. Amazon is growing wickedly fast to the point where it actually grew more than Google this year. I think I, I don't know how biased some of those reports were that I was reading, you know, with the internet, you can never tell, but I actually plan to look into opening an Amazon store for Dawson, just because so many people are on Amazon searching for product in price comparison. It's pretty much the easiest place where you can go type in a product and it lists hundreds, if not thousands of inventory items where you can seriously look at what it's going to cost to get that product and have it shipped to you. Hopefully by free, if you have prime in two days, maybe. Um, And then compare it to the next company and the next company and the next to the point where I've actually searched agricultural tires on Amazon and there's very, very, very few on there, but there's interest in it. There's agricultural tire parts on Amazon. There's agricultural equipment parts on Amazon. So it just makes me think that we're not far from putting tires and wheels and extensions and bigger parts on amazon and who knows maybe even equipment at that point
0: maybe someday i'll be able to put a convent on there and you'll get two free two-day delivery if you have a
1: prime um if that is going to happen i would love to see that yep. that would be so amazing
0: <laughs> well jennifer i think we have a probably a little better understanding now of how Dawson Tire is using social media and, and what that kind of the future of the business might look like. So before we close it down, do you have any final thoughts you'd like to pass along?
1: No, I I'm so thankful for you having me on here to give you a little bit of my knowledge. Uh, I have a few years experience doing it, So I know a little bit about what I'm talking about. Not much, but <laughs> it's working for us.
0: Yeah. Wow. Um,
1: yeah. Some good stuff going on over at our website. And our digital footprints on our social media and our e-commerce store. That's pretty much it, though. Well,
0: if they want to find you on social media, where would they go look?
1: They would search anything having to do with Dawson Tire, Dawson Tire and Wheel, Dawson Tire um, agricultural tires. But our actual domain name for our website is dawsontire.com. Our Facebook name, Dawson Tire and wheel uh we do have a few other facebook pages just because we own other portions of a company for like ag tire and entire outlet but it's all run by me and dawson tire and wheel and then also on twitter dawson tire and wheel and instagram is dawson tire and wheel
0: pretty simple for everybody there so well, i appreciate you being on and uh best of luck to you guys in the coming year.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having us and best of luck with you as well.
0: Thank you very much. Bro. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the Moving Iron Podcast. I'd like to thank Jennifer for being a guest in this episode. Remember, if you'd like to continue any of these conversations, you can hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Moving Iron LLC, or you can find me on LinkedIn. You can also send an email at Moving Iron Podcast at MovingIronPodcast.com. Moving Iron LLC has a website you can visit, MovingIronLLC.com. Here, you can find information for the 2018 Moving Iron Summit in Las Vegas, past and current episodes of Moving Iron Podcast, and articles from Moving Iron Blog. Throughout the year, there'll be guest bloggers writing on various topics from their point of view. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can leave a review and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcasting platform. And if you shop Amazon, please use the Amazon click-through at movingironllc.com. It won't cost you anything, and you'll still have the same experience you're accustomed to while supporting the podcast. You can find this podcast on iTunes. Google Play, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, and SoundCloud. So until next time, let's go move some iron. This is Casey Seymour, out.